there, and thanks for tuning in to the SSC Weekly Podcast. Pastor Werner has some great encouragement for us today, so we're really glad that you're with us for that. You know, we believe that church is more than singing and learning together. It's community and connection, and we'd love to connect with you. So head on over to our website, ssc.church, click the I'm New button. We'd love to hear your story and see how we can inspire each other to follow Jesus. Let's listen in. All right, this morning we're going to go fishing. How about that? I don't know if I dare, but do you think I could really dare throw this? Uh, No? Alden is saying no. Why not? I think it'd be cool. All right, no, it is. How many like to fish? Uh, Sister Post, you like to fish? I'll be, I didn't know that. What do you fish? Trout. Okay, what things do you fish? Mackerel? What's that? Whatever fits on the line. I thought he was going to say girls or something like that. (laughs) But but no, that was good. You keep that going like that. Anybody else? What do you like to fish? What? Pollock. I've never fished Pollock. Is it good? Hook and release, or do you eat it? You eat it. Poor fish. Oh, wow. How many, what other fish? Trout, lake water trout. Right. Somebody back here. Nobody. All right, what do you fish? Salmon. Who does salmon? Who does salmon? Come on, put your hand up. Salmon fisher. All right. All right. All right. Uh, How many is hook and release? How many just eat it? Oh, wow. Bony pickerel. Okay. (laughs) I believe this morning, here's what I'd like to do. I believe this morning Jesus is inviting us to go fishing. And... Go fishing with him. And I want to talk to you about this. This has been dear in my heart. Um, But he wants us to go fishing for a different type of fish. And so the passage is, you probably guessed it, Matthew 4, 18. It's on the screen. It says, one day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew. Thrown a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets all at once and followed him. Would you take a moment and just ask God to speak to you? And just ask God to really stir something in your heart this morning. I'm believing for that. God is speaking to me about this, and I, and I just pray that God will speak to you. Can you do that? I heard one amen. Uh, maybe I had ten now. All right, let's pray. Lord, may you stand in front of us again today and say those same words. Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts, not just our minds, 
that you speak to our hearts. And may you place into us a desire, a vision to follow you and to fish for people. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have been raised in the church for a long time, you probably know this first to be a little different. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That's uh, a King James version of, of the Bible. But really the word that Jesus used is, is a anthropos. Um, it's, a, it's a word that refers to any human being. Male, female, young, old, rich, poor, regardless of their social status, regardless of their language or their ethnic background. Jesus is saying, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. What a cool imitation that is. Think about that. Jesus is inviting us to go fishing with him. Wouldn't that be cool if Jesus kind of just stepped in here and said, let's go fishing. Wouldn't it be great just to be able to say, I'm going fishing with Jesus. How many would like that? You might not when I'm done. What is the first requirement that you see when you see this invitation? Come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. What is the first thing that you see in this verse? So, It's an invitation. He's saying, follow me. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Let me tell you a few things it doesn't mean. Following Jesus isn't going to church. Now, people who follow Jesus probably do go to church. But there are a lot of people who go to church and don't follow Jesus. Would you agree with that? You would say, well, following Jesus, well, you know, maybe following Jesus is about reading your Bible. And probably people who follow Jesus do read their Bible. Remember when I was a kid, if you didn't read your Bible every day, it was like the doom of hell was coming upon you. And you'd have this guilt trip. But here's the thing. There are people who read their Bible, in fact, know their Bible better than most of us and don't follow Jesus. You would say, well, following Jesus is praying. Praying every day. And and followers of Jesus do pray. We pray quite often. But there are people who pray and don't follow Jesus. Would you agree with that? Or you would say, well, following Jesus is getting baptized. And especially you must be baptized the right way. And obviously, always the right way is the way we know, right? Have you ever noticed that? We're always usually right. And it's true. Followers of Jesus do get baptized. But I know a lot of people who have been baptized that don't follow Jesus. Or you would think, well, follow, you know, Followers of Jesus, well, followers of Jesus, they, they give in the offering. And that's true. Followers of Jesus honor God with their, with their goods. 
But I know people that give a lot in the offering that don't follow Jesus. So the writer of, of this particular passage, which is Matthew. Matthew, he's the writer of this, this gospel. He talks about his own encounter with Jesus in Matthew 9, 9. Jesus saw a man named Matthew sitting in a tax collector's booth. Now, if you're new to Christianity and the Bible, you, you will probably not clue into tax collectors in Bible times were really kind of despicable people because they worked for the Romans and they ripped off people of their own nation. Now, today we all love people who collect taxes. But in those days, you know, it, was, it, was, um, it, was, it wasn't considered a reputable business. It was legal, but they always saw tax collectors as rip-off artists. And they really put them in with like prostitutes and, and awful people and, and people who are thieves and robbers, and they collected them all. But Jesus comes and he sees this, this guy called Matthew sitting in a ta- tax collector's booth, and he says to him, Follow me. And Matthew got up and followed him. So for Matthew, as a business person, it wasn't, it, you know, it, it was his business. He made good money. It was a legal career. But what the Bible tells us, he walked away from his career and followed Jesus. So for him to follow Jesus was a complete change in career system in his life. In our opening verse, we talked about Peter and, 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 and Andrew, his brother. And, and Peter was a business guy. In fact, if you read the other gospels, it says that Peter had boats. He owned boats. Uh, Peter had a business. In fact, it tells us that Peter had a pretty good house. And it was big enough that he could have a, a real host of fairly large people. And he would host them all in his house. So it was a pretty big place. So Peter, he was a successful guy. But following Jesus, he, he, he stopped fishing and he had a whole new destiny. Matthew 16, 13 to 17, Jesus asked his disciple a really interesting question. And this is, you know, they've been with him for three years. Imagine walking with Jesus for three years. You'd think you get to know a little bit about who he is. And so Jesus asked them, after three years of walking with him, Jesus asked them, who do people say, talking about himself, the Son of Man is? And they reply, well, some say John the Baptist. Others say he's Elijah. It's interesting. John the Baptist had died, so they figured he'd come back from the dead. John the Baptist, Elijah. Others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets has come back from the dead. And then he asked the question to them. He says, and what do you think? What about you? What do you say? Who do you say I am? And Peter jumps up. And he says... Quickly, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. Wow. 
Hooray for Peter. He figured it out through revelation. After three years, he is the Messiah. And that's, that's commendable. But then in that same chapter, just down a little farther, Jesus ups the ante. And he says to them this, to the same disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. See, here's the invitation again. Follow me. And then he says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Here's the thing. You can have your theology correct. You can have your doctrine and your belief system right on. You are the son of God. You are the Messiah. And not really follow Jesus. Because Jesus tells them, the very same ones, he says to them, he says to them, if you want to follow me, there are some requisites. And the requisite is you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me daily. I was watching a documentary during vacation and it was a documentary on elephants in Africa and in the drought um, that when the water dries up, the, the, the wise old matriarch is the one that leads them in a, in a parade off and, and she knows, she knows where the water is. And it's really counterintuitive because they're walking through drier land, but she knows that on the other end over there, there is water. And so they follow her lead. It's not just about believing something. We in North America, especially in North America, we're into this a lot. And we think that that makes us Christian. What we believe, but what you believe doesn't make you necessarily Christian. It's who you follow. Who you follow. Following Jesus is is in some intellectual ascent. It is a daily surrender to his will and purpose in our lives. Where he leads me. Remember the old song? Where he leads me, I will follow. And so Jesus is really quite clear about what he says. This isn't a bait and switch kind of thing. Jesus isn't saying, oh, you're going to have... No, he's going to say, you follow me. There are times that you're going to go through deserts. There are times that it's tough. There are times that you need to surrender your will. And, and, but here's the thing. He knows where the water hole is. He knows. Because that's why he says, if you lose your life, you'll gain it. If you lose your will, you'll get what you need. As I was thinking about this, I, for some reason I thought about my dog, Cookie. And... There are days my dog, Cookie, just does not want to go for a walk. Especially rainy days or snowing days. And it's really funny because I'll be walking with her and I feel a tight pull. And I look back and she's braced. I'm not going. And I look at her and I say, you small, me big. You coming with me. 
and away we go. Now, she gets away with it with my wife. My wife just comes back. She says, the dog doesn't want to go. I said, oh, let me take her. <laughs> but, there are, but there are days I don't feel like following Jesus. Anybody? There are days I don't feel like following Jesus. In fact, there are days I don't follow Jesus. And he tugs at me. And he says, you coming? I'd rather follow Werner. And some days I like to follow the, the pressure of other people. Because it feels convenient to me. But there's the tug of a decision I made when I was eight years old that I will follow Jesus. And even though some days I don't, some days I look like that. When he pulls, I go. He is inviting us once again, come, follow me. And the question is, are you going to follow Jesus? The question is, am I going to follow Jesus? And the bigger question for us is, are we as Smythe Street Church going to follow Jesus? You say, I think that's what we do. I don't know if we always do. I think sometimes we follow us. We follow our traditions. We follow our, our way of doing things. We, we, we have, you know what? There are days I wonder if Jesus just walked out of the house or out of the building, I think we could do church all by ourselves. You say, and you're preaching? I'm telling you. Jesus is calling us all the time to follow him and not always do we do that. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. He wants to tell us how to fish. All the time, when you read the story of Jesus, when you read through the Gospels, he was always searching for people. He said in Luke 19.10, the son of man, speaking of himself, the son of man came to what? To seek and to save the lost. The stories and the parables of, of the Gospels are all, very often all around seeking people. It's like Jesus was always fishing. He tells a story about the, the lost sheep. And, and the passion of the shepherd to go find that one that was lost. Or the... The, the woman who lost a piece of jewelry and the passion of the, the woman sweeping and looking and finding until finally she finds it. And the story of the prodigal son or the son that got lost. And it's really a story of two sons that got lost. The younger one that got lost and the older one that got lost. Jesus tells us, there's this amazing story where Jesus going and he's traveling through Samaria and they stop at a well and Jesus sits down in the heat of the day and they go into the village to get food. But Jesus had a plan 
And there's this woman, this troubled woman, this, this, this woman that, that, was, that had lived a real troubled life. And, and she's coming to the well in the heat of the day to get water, which wasn't the time you came, just to avoid people. And there's Jesus. But Jesus is not there just to take a break. He's there to fish. And he connects with this woman. And through his connection to this woman, the whole Sumerian town where she lived came out to meet Jesus. You talk about, it's, it's like, like, uh, it's like you're, you're, you have something on there, a spinner or a lure, and, and you're going, and the purpose of that, there's a whole plan. When you're fishing, you know, if you're going to fish for somebody said trout, I think you, you don't use this big contraption for trout, you'd, you'd scare them away. But, but if you're fishing for, I don't know what that's for, but by the way, uh, Greg McLaughlin set this up for me. I don't know what it's for, but I bet I know how to fish certain things. Jesus just had the understanding and the knowledge where, where he knew this woman is ready. He says, if you want to follow me, I will show you how to find out where, when, and who is ready. Jesus is walking down. The, the crowds are pressing in. And everybody's around him. And all of a sudden, he looks up into a tree. And he sees this guy up there. And he knows that guy is ready. And he stops and he talks to the guy, which was, uh, you, you know, the, the story Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus comes down and he follows Jesus and he changes and transforms his life. There was this amazing ability that Jesus had because he was always on mission. Not only was he on the mission of fishing and getting people and finding people, seeking people, but he calls us. To be on the same mission. After his resurrection. His, his kind of parting words. Is his what we call the great commission. Is, is found in Matthew 28. He says. All authority in heaven and on earth. Has been given to me. Therefore. For this reason. Go. Read it with me. Go and make disciples. Of all nations. You think maybe Canada's in there somewhere? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. That's another way of saying teaching them to follow me. That is what we call the Great Commission. Go fishing and catch fish. Basically, Jesus is saying, go fishing and catch fish. Do you know what city that is that's on the screen? Taken from the north side, right? Do you think there's any people in Fredericton that maybe would need to know about Jesus? I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about people that need to know about Smy Street Church. Because here's the facts. Most, a lot of people in Franklin, I'll just say most because I don't know, but there's a lot of people in Franklin that just would not like this church. Do you know any? 
Do you know any that come here and say, I don't like that? You do. But it's not about the church. It's not about Smite Street Church. It's about Jesus. Getting to know Jesus. The next question is, are we reaching them? Are we really reaching them? How good are we doing? What about Canada? Is the church doing a good job at reaching Canada for Jesus? Greg McLaughlin was telling me about um, a hook and paddle fishing tournament in Chipman that he participated this last August 5th. Some of you that follow him on Facebook probably saw some of that. And by the way, he came in second. So when you see him, say, whoo, you're a good fisher. Um, so my question is, how do you think they determine who wins the tournament? The guy that has the nicest boat? Do you think maybe, maybe the guy that has the coolest lures, you know, the coolest, or the, you know, oh, wow, that is one beautiful, not this one, but that is one beautiful, wow. You know, and Greg, Greg loaned me this one, but there's some there he wouldn't let me touch. But you know what? You don't win the tournament by having the most impressive rod. I know what it is. Um, Don is having the best hat, a Tilly hat. Don has a Tilly hat. Show it, Don. Show your Tilly hat. That's how you win the tournament, having the Tilly hat. How many know how you win it? Having the most fish. Success is how many fish you have in the boat, right? How is the church in Canada doing at what we call the Great Commission? According to a survey conducted by Alpha Canada and the Flourishing Congregational Institute, 65% of church leaders say that evangelism or reaching people for Christ hasn't been a priority for their congregation for at least several years. 65%. 24% of Canadians claim to have no religion, and that number is on the rise. They are what we call the nuns. You know when you fill out the form? What religion are you? None. They are nuns. Now here's what you need to know. The majority of those people are not bad people. You know some of them. Some of them are really good. Some of them are nicer than you. Have you ever met someone who is a nun and really is a nice person? How many have met those people? Have you ever met some Christians that are kind of nasty? They're not anti-Christian. They're not anti-church. They don't get up in the morning and say, let's see how we can destroy all those people that go to church. They just simply don't practice any religion. The number of people who identify as Christians is on the decline as can in Canada. There's this rise of what I call the used-to-be's. Have you ever met the used-to-be's? What are the used to be? Well, I used to go to church. 
Some of you know that I'm chaplain for the police. There's a whole whack of used to be police officers. And they say to me, yeah, I used to go to church. I meet people all the time, used to. I used to go to church. I used to pray. I used to read my Bible. I used to be. But they really don't anymore. For whatever reasons. We say, and some of them are not bad people either. They're just, some of them have, I, I think we were talking earlier, they have excuses, Don, right? They, oh, that's just an excuse. But, but, but you know what? Some of them have no animosity against the church. They just don't go anymore. Most of the churches that are growing in Canada are through church transfers. That means people that go to another church go to their church. And usually it's because they have a better program. Transfer membership. Church hopping. Ooh. Sorry. It's like I'm fishing the tournament in Chipman and I'm stealing the people from your boat in mine. And, and we can't stop that. I, I get that. But a lot of it is, is driven by the best program or the best show or the best this or the best that. And you know, on the bottom of all that is consumerism. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. It is not really about following Jesus. It's consumerism. Do you know any nuns or used to be's? How many know some nuns or used to be's? Hold your hand really high. I want to see. How many know nuns or used to be's? All over this place. How many would agree they're not really scary, evil people? In fact, they probably had breakfast this morning and enjoyed their time. Some of them say they watch us on, on the camera, but I don't know if they really do. Jesus said to the disciples, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. When I, my first fish that I ever caught was in Lima, Peru. When my parents lived in Lima, Peru, it was a flat fish. We were fishing in the Pacific and I was excited. We, it, you drop your hook, drop, drop, drop. And it was a great big bunch of bait on it and I hooked this fish and I was really proud. I was the only one that hooked anything. I was about eight, nine years old. I lived in the Mediterranean. I fished in the Mediterranean. I fished brook trout. You said you like brook trout. I fished brook trout. In fact, Meldera. Where's Mel? I saw you here somewhere. Mel? Mel. Okay. Meldera and I used to fish brook trout in the Dara Dross Pond. And boy, they were good. They were good. And I, I fished um, that was in Midlands, by the way. Uh, salmon in the Miramichi, I tried that. But I, I, you know, you have to... I tried that. My father-in-law tried to show me that. And I, and I spent most of my time getting the hook off of the bushes. <laughs> so I gave that up. That wasn't successful at all. I thought maybe one of these, these spinners would be more effective, but I found out that was illegal. Then I bass in the Oromocto Lake. I remember fishing bass in the Oromocto. We would troll. And there was this big, big yellow thing we'd carry along. And it would pickerel in Macopic Lake with red devils. 
So you have bait and spinners and worms and dry flies and, and wet flies and, and lures and jigs and nets. All those different ways of fishing. And here's, here's the point I'm making is that there's all these different ways that we as Christians have reached people for Jesus. Over my life, uh, I, I, I wrote some of them down, door to door. How many remember the door to door thing? You go door to door today and see how much successful you are. Just don't come to mine. Tracks, tent meetings, evangelistic crusades, street meetings. How many have ever been to a street meeting? Jim, you've been to street meetings. They, they had success. Sunday night special meetings, radio, TV, films. The Jesus film has been very successful. Evangelism explosion, alpha, H2O. Then there's the apps that you can buy and put on your phone, M, M28, and all, all these different methods. And, and just like Jesus had different methods, he got the guy on the tree, the woman at the well, he had all these different ways that he reached people. The methods always change, but the message never does. But the question is right now, is how do we reach this generation? How do we reach the people around us? How do we reach the nuns and the used-to-be's with the message of the love of Jesus? How do we fish? On September 10th at 11.30 a.m., we're having the block party. And we're going to have... We're gonna have uh, Burgers and hot dogs and live music. Stephen Lewis. I don't know if you've ever heard Stephen Lewis play. He's amazing. He's going to come. I said, Stephen, I need you to come and play. He, does, he can play like a whole band himself. You'll see. Fantastic. And bouncy castles and fun for all. But here's what you need to know. It has nothing to do with burgers or hot dogs or bouncy castles or any of the above. And Stephen Lewis, he's a great guy, but he is just this. You get it? What is that anyway? Allure. Got it. What we're trying to do is create conversation and build a relationship with people. And so... If you want to come, you say, oh, I can't wait to eat a burger. That, eat one before you come. Because I guarantee Burger King probably has better ones. They won't be free, but the whole purpose is invite someone to come just in case maybe in the conversation of, of you and relationship, they'll find out that maybe we're not so nuts. Some days we are, but maybe we're not so nuts. We are mailing out 3,250 invitations to all the neighborhood around, which represents an easy, easy 10,000, 12,000 people. So if you come and there's a whack of people that you don't know, pass on the burger because we might need your burger. See, here's the thing. Get the vision that what's important is not the burger or the bouncy castles. What's important is people getting an opportunity to just at least have a conversation about who Jesus is. 
It's not about Smy Street. It's not, it's about who Jesus is. There's a table at the back and there's all kinds of ways you can help by signing up. There's the, the where's Jeremy? Jeremy's way at the back. Uh, Jeremy, what, what, run up here, Jeremy. Just read, Jeremy said, what? This is not in the program. Grab a mic there. Just grab a mic. Jeremy, tell us what we need. Run up, Jeremy, run up. (laughs) Tell us what we need, buddy. (laughs) Did you notice Jeremy? He was a whole band in one this morning. Wasn't that good? (laughs) I'm no Stephen Lewis, though. No, you're not Stephen Lewis. No, no. Yeah, no, I saw him New Brunswick Day. He was unreal. It's oh, he is. he is. You know what? Stephen's from our church. He learned how to play here. And he's coming to play just as thanks to us. And uh, he really is crazy, isn't he? He plays, what, bass, guitar, and drums with his mouth. He does all sorts of stuff. It's wild. Uh, Anyway, what do we need, Jeremy? So actually, the main thing that we kind of need right now is we need some people to help with setup. Just getting everything ready for our guests when they're here and getting people ready and tables set up and tents and all of the food kind of prep. So if you want to come and see either Katrina or myself at the back, we'd love to get you plugged in with the team. We could maybe use a couple more parking people just kind of on the edges of everything saying like, okay, you know, don't run out in front of cars. That's bad for the insurance, you know, things like that. And so just all sorts of things like that. We need, we need some bodies to come in, help set up, and help just kind of be those friendly faces that are saying, you know, hey. That's, that's a key word, direct. friendly faces. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I remember, sorry, uh, I remember talking to someone, Jeremy. No, you, you don't. You, 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 he says, what am I doing here? I, wasn't, I remember talking to somebody one time, and they said, well, I don't like, I don't like this stuff. Here's what you need to know. It's not about you. Can you say it with me? It's not about... Now say it, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about being friendly to people, loving people. And, and by the way, if you, do you know how to tell your story of how you met Jesus? Maybe somebody will ask you, do you know how to tell them? Without getting religious and weird on people. Well, uh, John 3.16 says. And... <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. Give him a hand, would you? <laughs> he didn't want to say it, but the other way you can help is donate. It's going to cost us 5000 bucks. Oh. Well, I mean, we got sponsors and we got... But Really, we could use your help. We're, we're around 3,000 right now. We need a couple thousand more. I think we can do that. Can, can we not? Yeah, of course. So you can go back and you can um, donate block party and we're going we're gonna to surpass that. Come and be friendly to people. You know what? I've already said I'm not helping in the kitchen. Why? I want to be around the people. I just want to be around people. And, there, and some people are, are shy in it. Well, you can help with the kitchen. But it's, it's, it's the important thing is it's just, it's just a tool. It's, it's just a spinner. It's just a lure. It's just a way to get conversation with people. After Jesus rose from the dead, he spent 40 days with them. And I'm wrapping up, by the way. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. 
After Jesus rose from the dead, they were all confused. And Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. And the others said, we will go with you. And they went out and got in the boat. But that night they caught what? Nothing. Just as... Just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, do you? They answered, no. Two things to just realize about this. Number one, the word children. Normally you don't call someone and say, hey, children, children. And in our culture, that sounds a little put down. But in their culture, that was, that was affectionate. That was like saying, you're family with me. It's okay. Just, he's, he's, just, he's good. Just look this way. We're good. It's an endearing word, children. Can you imagine... They're looking at the shore and they don't see his Jesus for whatever reason. Maybe it was foggy, maybe it was distant, whatever reason. And he yells out and he says, children. I think there was something immediately in the tone that they probably, oh. And, he's, and then he says, then he says something. He says, you have no fish, do you? <laughs> Isn't that kind of, because he already knew that he didn't have no fish. He says, you have no fish? And he said, No. And so here's Peter going back to his old ways. Back to his, his old ways of doing things. Do you know what? I don't know what to do. I'm going back fishing. And Jesus is saying, Peter, you're going back fishing? You're not getting anything. And then there's this beautiful set. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. What difference does it make right, left, front, back? The difference is Jesus knows where the fish are. He knows. And so they did and they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. See, sometimes we revert to, to methods and efforts and we, we are interested in our ways, our tradition, the way we do church. I hear a lot of people say, yeah, I'm trying to work on somebody, trying to get them to go to church. Really? Jesus said, go into all the world and get them to go to church. Now there's some people saying, I don't know, Pastor, if you're okay or not. But I think we got sometimes things wrong. Why don't you invite them to Jesus before you invite them to church? That was a really good clap spot for you, by the way. Just... Sometimes we we, we want to grab onto our music and our style and the way we do things. And if we change anything, oh, there's a dawn in us we're talking about the fact that, that, that um, when we were young, women couldn't wear red to church. Is there any women here with red on? Do you have red? you, you got to leave. But, but, but that stuff was tradition and, and demanding that, well, it got to be that way. 
But Jesus knows where the fish are. He knows how to touch the hearts of people. He knows the guy on the uh, he knows the guy that's on the tree. He knows the woman at the well. He knows people. What are what's why are they hungry? He knows the guy in the tax collector's table is there. He knows where to throw the net, the right or the left. And I believe, this is what I believe, and here's my real big point. I believe Jesus is standing looking at the Canadian church and with love in his eyes, he is saying, children, you don't have much fish, do you? How you doing? And it's us to be honest with him and saying, nah, it's not going good. And then he says, come follow me and I will show you how to fish people. Church, do you want to learn how to fish? I want to learn how to fish. There are people that will come to Jesus maybe in a whole different way. Maybe they'll meet in homes. Maybe they'll meet in coffee shops. I think the future of Canada in reaching people for Jesus is going to be a little different. I have people that call me pastor in Fredericton and they come to me for spiritual counsel and they never, ever plan on coming to this church. And I think sometimes, is that a failure on my part? Some of them look to me as a pastor more than most of you. But they don't have any interest coming here on Sunday morning. Bill, you're downtown. You, you, you meet people all the time. You're expressing Jesus to them. Many of the people you deal with, they will never come to this place. But they do want to hear of the love of Jesus. Can you pray with me? before you bow your eyes I want you to look at this next line and they left their nets and followed Jesus what do we have to leave what do we have to be willing to give up this week I'm asking you to show to ask Jesus to show you who, when and how you can share the love of Jesus with Just say simply, God, I don't really know how to fish that well. My efforts are not working that great. And then ask him, what do I have to leave behind? What stuff do I have to push aside as I follow you? I want you just to close your eyes a moment and imagine you're standing in front of a huge lake. And in front of you that you know there are fish in that water. But you have no idea how to fish those fish. Right in front of you is Fredington, your families. And every time you open your mouth, they say, I don't want to hear about that. And farther away is, is New Brunswick. And farther away is Canada. And I want you to Just imagine for a moment the desperation of saying, how do we reach the people?
people here, and I guarantee that Jesus knows. And he's standing on the shore, and he's saying to Canada, he's saying to us, he's saying to us across our nation, he's saying, if you follow me, I will teach you how to fish. I pray, God, that you would show us what we need to give up and what we need to pursue. To show us the person on the tree where the water hole is. To show us where the woman at the well is and where the tax collector is and the business guy and the person that doesn't have any business. To show us where to fish. Every one of us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.